Hello and welcome to ACM's Vault of Cult. This is the first episode of 2023. It's our third year doing it now. Thanks a lot for everyone who's listened. All the guests who's joined, we've spoken about some awesome films. Mostly we've done films selected by me. Uh, My name's Andy. Um, I'm in my early 40s and grew up loving movies and uh, we discuss films that i grew up loving that maybe flopped or didn't do so well critically and that i think are and should be known as classics or at least cult classics some are kind of some aren't some are uh, just forgotten but i'm gonna throw it on its head again we've done it once or twice before but for the foreseeable future it'll be movies other people grew up loving uh, people i know uh, and that i haven't seen and so i can give fresh eyes to the, these movies mainly 80s and 90s we might dip into the 70s or very early 2000s but mainly for from those two decades uh, that i missed and um someone will be a big fan of them once again it'd be films that weren't massive not big blockbuster hits um but possibly cult favourites um, but mainly ones who got bad reviews or bombed at the box office starting with this 1985's Explorers uh, directed by Joe Dante the first movie done after the massive hit Gremlins he's actually one of my favourite directors I don't know why I haven't seen this movie I really don't uh, passed me by for so many years and um, I watched it literally just before recording the podcast with a friend of mine Ian Pointer who is a local illustrator artist um talks about how you can look at his work on the podcast as ian pointer uh, and really good to have someone new on on the podcast someone who uh, i've known a couple of years now and basically whenever i see him we do talk about movies so this is great he's got different tastes to me and uh, so really interesting i will say uh, i i did enjoy the movie i'm not gonna pretend i didn't um but we have a lot to say about it so i'll get on with it right away just um gonna play the trailer i could only really find a half decent quality of the teaser trailer but you'll get the gist you'll get the vibe of the movie from that and then straight on to the chat with ian Thanks very much for joining us. Hi, you're very welcome. Very welcome. Is this your first time on any podcast? Or <laughs> yes, just... it is. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. nothing to be nervous about. Oh, well, no. No, <laughs> I mean, I've done plenty of, um, I mean, with my job and stuff, I have to do a lot of uh, presentations and, uh, and things, but uh, when it's my own interest, uh, no, this is the first time, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> and you're an artist illustrator, yeah? I am, yes. Yeah, I do a lot of, um, well, more in my spare time now. Um, but I do a lot of a uh, sort of illustration of just just things regarding uh, life and the absurdities and things like that. Just I do a lot of cartoon portraits of people and and things. But uh, I, I just generally creative, to be honest. I just like the uh, creative environment, and that's why I get into films so much. Is uh, films, animations. Although I haven't seen many animations lately, but I I just have uh, a real sort of love for the original sort of uh, 1980s uh, films that I grew up with you know what I mean so it's uh, I do a lot of uh, you know art inspired by the things that I'm interested in so my um, my portfolio kind of has a lot of um, influence from those things that I like so 
but yeah so that's uh kind of the background i mean i'm more, I'm more in sort of the software engineering side of things because that's where you know that's that's where career takes me but i, I I'll, I'll always be an artist and illustrator Excellent. Have you got a website or anything? That you can... I have got a website that um, actually it's probably better on the the Instagram, which is uh, Ian Draws Things on Instagram, and then you can follow me and see the sort of things that I do. I need to update it with a few things, but uh, but yeah, that's, 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 that's the best place to find. Yeah. So you said eighties um, influence. I mean, mm. this movie released in nineteen eighty five. Mm. Um, looking at it though, I think it may have came come out later in the uk but we'll talk about the initial release in 85 in america um the explorers or just explorers isn't it uh, i think i actually thought i remembered it being the explorers but apparently when i've been watching it it yeah. is just called explorers, explorers. yeah yes. that's one thing that because i think there's a disney that's actually called the explorers um, but, um and i think that's where uh, i automatically thought it was the disney one it's not so. okay yeah um so for uh, um people who've that haven't heard the podcast before normally uh, i pick a film that i grew up watching and show it to someone else um who hasn't to see whether it's nostalgia clouded me um or if it's a good film and what a newcomer comes to it now we're doing this in reverse you grew up watching this film so, i'd never seen it believe it or not i don't know how i'd never seen this one <laughs> um but when did you, do you remember when you first saw it and how you first saw it oh well actually i didn't see it right at the time it was released it wasn't till the 90s it, I remember I was I was at home and um, uh, my sister. We were all into TV, you know. She was scrolling, scrolling through the uh, well before you know, just going through the channels. And she said, "Oh, the, um, Explorers is on um, next. That's that 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 film. That's like um, Flight of the Navigator." I went, "Oh, well, I want to see that. I want to see that." And I, I watched it. Um, we watched it, and, and there were certain elements of it that really left an impression on me, and they still influence me in my ideas today it's yeah there's a there's a lot to say uh about the general sort of way it's been done i mean uh, there's on researching it's uh it's suffered from timeline um uh release and things like that but generally it's a really good release and i watched it like like every saturday just, yeah. uh, just and certain bits of it just like it just i just enjoyed that it's that kind of uh childhood adventure that you can go yeah. through that you know so uh, um, how old would you have been when you first saw it i uh i would have said i'd probably been about 11. yeah, so yeah 11 12 is it. it would have been the age where i could have understood it properly because like you say it came out in 90, um, 85 86. i don't recall a cinema release but then i would have been too young um yeah. but uh it was yeah so i i think that was a good age to really absorb what the yeah what the sort of concept was and what the information yeah i mean this was one i definitely remember seeing the video cover of um it was around the same time you mentioned fight the navigator there's that sort of era of films fight the navigator reminded me of um this is the artwork before I yeah, yeah. um batteries not included yeah. um and spielberg and spielberg mm. Mm. It's a massive influence. One criticism of it is this was called a bit of a spielberg ripoff mm. um but it's joe dante who directed gremlins before this the year before yeah uh, which was produced by spielberg yeah um so i i sort of see it is it's came come from the same thing spielberg yeah. would have been producing um the likes of goonies and back to the future yeah and one of the re reasons i mean this this movie it fits perfectly into the podcast because we talk about films that weren't necessarily big hits or at least cri critically or commercially this done okay critically but it cost 25 million to make and do you know how much it made no i don't actually it cost, cost 29 million and made just over 9 million so Bloody. it was a massive flop um released only nine days apart from back to the future which, which was probably overshadowed overshadowed it, it a <laughs> lot um back to the future I've, even though it's pushed i i i think back to the future done even better than they thought it would um and back then it wasn't like now where a film would probably only be at the cinema a matter of a month or whatever and then it was you put a film out the summer it was out all summer mm -hmm. and sometimes the film dominated and in 1985 back to the future did and also another thing that overshadowed this it was released at the cinema the day before live aid so mm -hmm. that weekend not many people would have probably been to the cinema um it's all about timing yeah and yeah, yeah i'm not fishing up excuses for it, no. it um but they often when a the film bombs 
you have to look at other things i think there was also what, what i read was that it was he was suddenly told and he was only like um 75 way through and they said we're releasing it like next week and he's like we've got to suddenly finish yeah, it they so did, he they, didn't have the time he, to get the he said he didn't properly edit it yes um yeah and I, I have to say, firstly, I did really enjoy it. Yeah. But after reading that, I could tell. Yes. And there's certain parts of it, and even, I mean, we, we, I will say now, we will, not that there's much to spoil in this, but we, we're not going to hold back. We we will talk about the plot and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I felt the, the ending didn't quite click with me, uh, plot-wise. Um, but it, it feels like there's all these ideas, um, and it's getting them together and rounding it off. Yeah. And that's... the for me the only thing that really failed for the film yeah. was, was that um but should we should we, should we try to quickly if you can i mean I've, you've seen this a lot more than me well, summarize the plot for, well, yeah, for the, generally i mean uh, i mean we've been uh, you know we're more, we're more familiar with the, the sort of template for 1980s sci-fi coming of age uh, films now, especially with the with the likes of uh, like Stranger Things and the way that's come on, you kind of have the first bit where you have these geeks who are being sort of bullied at school, and they make a discovery that that mean that enables them to see something that other people don't. And there's a bit of Tron aspect in there as well, where you've you, this child uh, who play who, who's Ben, who's who's played by Ethan Hawke, who's fantastic by the way. I thought he was excellent in that. He he has a dream, and this is right in the first scene. He has a dream where he's flying across this sort of circuit board, which is sort of mimicking his hometown, where you see you know all these lights and everything. It's you don't know whether he's really imagining it or not, but there's a message within it, and he doesn't understand it. But his friend uh, Wolfgang, who is uh, uh, played by River Phoenix, he understands what what the message means so he he actually puts it into his computer which i think was a commodore or something and he, he put it together it might be a spectrum at one point they said 128k he said he which said is yes. what the spectrum was and yeah i don't think they say but that's where my brain went i think spectrum. the implication was that yeah yeah um and this guy's really good and i was really impressed with uh, on the rewatch because i hadn't seen it for well over a decade on the rewatch that there's there's a lot of scientific um not facts but validity within it yeah. you know when he mentions that that you know there's that what he what they realize they can do is create this sort of spheric environment that is untethered by the uh, by the by the elements basically so anything within that within that sort of sphere is not subject to um gravity and uh, and whatnot so it it has its own um has its own environment and the way that they uh, sort of explain it and and what really struck me as a as a young kid is just this idea that you can make this 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 kind of sphere and anything you can put anything in it and you can go at any speed and it won't affect anything that's in it and it just just, it just really sort of like fascinated me so the idea of this is that they create that and they think well what can we do with this I mean uh, so, so they went up to the hill and uh, they started it and one of the you know um, Wolfgang then suddenly appears in this in this sphere and uh, starts whizzing around and going underground and nothing can stop this nothing can stop this sphere it's just resilient and just goes straight through everything and then they think well we can make a spaceship out of this and they they sort of they go to a scrapyard, which is one of the dad's uh, sort of uh, working environment, I believe. And they get all the elements to make this spaceship so that they can then make the the sphere appear around the spaceship so that they can just go anywhere and test it out. And that, uh, you know, certainly up until then, that, that, that was a really, really good uh, sort of thing to explore. And I think the idea of it was that that they would use that to explore the universe and really test the limits of this and it's it's that like i say it's that coming of age uh, sort of uh, film and as it as it sort of as the story goes on they realize that there's something else towards this code that they've correct uh, that they've um, been able to understand from his dreams 
so from that code there's a there's a feed that's coming from outer space so they understand that what's actually been happening they've been getting messages from outer space which is probably why there's a lot of uh war of the worlds references in yeah. that as well there's a first scene where it's that that's in, in the background while he's sleeping yeah. he's, he's he's clearly that's into on, he's fallen asleep to that to that so you yeah. think that well, that's yeah. that's what's influenced his dream but that that kind of bridges the connection maybe you know so he uh, so he has that idea you know of exploring and uh they uh, it turns out that that mess that, that the actual sort of um the, the what, what, what do we say that the plans for creating this like the ingredients if you like this sphere came from that vessel out in space and on their second attempt to sort of well their second sort of visit within this sphere they get um pulled into this spaceship out in out in space they, they they're able to travel because there's no inertia with this with this uh with this sphere so they can go at any speed they want or any speed that you know is needed so they end up in this spaceship and then they and there's there's these uh beings there uh just two beings a male and a female who are simulating what they've heard from radio signals and tv signals and that's what they think humans are like so they communicate in that way and this is where it could have gone so much more um in depth but uh it, yeah it's it, it kind of it's, it's summarized by things like you know doing game show um narration and things like that and that's how they communicate and uh oh, i'm gonna spoil it if anyone's gonna watch it but uh, no, spoilers are allowed I mean, spoilers are allowed that's fine so so what happens is and, and and this is kind of mirrored in what i've seen in like star trek and many other things is that those beings are actually children who have essentially stolen their dad's car yeah gone into this vessel and just were interested in planet earth and just thought they'd yeah. find out what's going on and then <laughs> towards the end the, the dad turns up and he's clear you don't understand a word he's saying he's speaking in their their language but he's clearly very annoyed yeah. and uh and it and it's, it's lovely because then it makes it seem that there's not actually much difference between you yeah. and the earthlings it's like you're both you're both kids that is and stuff. straight out of a 60s episode of star trek isn't it it is i believe I, it is i can't think which one though. and i know it was definitely spoofed in futurama yes it was, it was done in that um so but you've got to think with this um, bar Star Trek. This was the first time that sort of twist, so to speak, had been yeah. done um, that I can think of. Uh, I did. I kind of saw it coming, but didn't. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Um, mm. But a lot of the. I just had a quick look on Letterboxd where you know, anyone can review it, and a lot of people are saying they really like the beginning of the film and not the end. Um, but by the end, I think they they basically mean the first half. Um, mm. But when when it goes into you see it, it does feel like a different film to me it feels like it's gone from the spielberg-esque family et star movie into something a bit sillier um but that kind of i think that's what he's trying for because gremlins is a bit like that mm. the first half is one thing then when they change into the gremlins and it goes mad um it is a sillier film mm. and i think that's what he's trying to do but more on a kiddie level than a horror level. Mm. Um, I do like that those bits, and also I, I do kind of think that's what makes the film different. It it, mm. it changes, um, and if it had stayed the same tone, it would have seen. It might not have got the cult following it's got mm. because it's that weirdness. Um, and yeah. some some of the bits are quite funny, and the, the two aliens are pretty good, I think. Yeah. Once you get once once you get what's happening, there is that few minutes of what the hell yeah. is this. Um, it's quite hammy and unexpected when they, when they sort of get there, but it's it. I mean, some of the reason you know that 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 it kind of feels different towards the end. It might be down to the sort of uh, slightly to the express release yeah. uh, demand date that they 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 yeah, had yeah. for whatever reason. But in principle, I think it's a great concept. It's it, and the idea. I mean, you you get all the you know the idea of having these mess, messages coming from outer space. You know, you got contact. That's fantastic. But you know that idea of um, 
getting those messages and then being given just the opportunity to go and meet these other beings was a great idea and it did get a bit lost um but i don't think it was a disaster uh, yeah, as far as a film is concerned. exactly and you've got to, you've got to think as well one thing i was thinking all the way through this is i do wish i'd seen it when i was young because it's made for kids but it's from the kids point of view so that ending with those aliens 10 year olds would love that yeah you know and i i enjoyed it um, but if I'd have watched it the age you did, I'd I'd be the other side of this interview talking to somebody else yeah. about how much I liked it. Yeah. Um, and also, I loved the 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 style of puppets and stuff they used. I think they were kind of yeah. cool. It, it you could tell they were puppets, obviously, yeah. but in it's very eighties. It looked good in it. If it was done there with CGI, a lot of the the heart of it would be lost. Yes. So I really liked that. Um, yeah, and also I think for a modern someone young to come straight into this film, they they wouldn't get a lot of the references. Well, they, yeah, the, the things the aliens were talking about, and um, but also the the references. This this is so Joe Dante, a director I really love, and this is what another reason I can't believe I haven't seen it. Not just War of the Worlds, but there's so many references to monster movies, sci-fi movies, B movies. Oh, yeah. um, that's kind of what he does, um, even to this day. He, recently, he's well, a few years ago, he'd done a few episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, the DC show, mm. but they were episodes set around sort of werewolves and that sort of thing. So it obviously got him in because that's what he's good at. Mm. I mean, his first, I think his first film was Piranha. Was it Piranha? Was it Piranha? Piranha. First film was Piranha because James Cameron done the second Piranha, mm. and then after that, he done The Howling, which iconic. Oh. Mm. Another film that was overshadowed by something else I think it was overshadowed by American Wealth in London um, but he's the guy who I think he's brilliant at mixing horror especially B-movie style horror and comedy mm. and I think cause looking into it another director was intended for this film um, the guy is it Wolfgang um, Peterson is it Peterson Patterson who'd done Never Ending Story uh, yes. who died recently he was originally meant to direct this i could have seen that yeah yeah, yeah um, I but i think it'd have been a different film and you wouldn't have had so many b-movie references and, no. and that sort of thing um mm. and also I, I imagine he didn't do it because only a year before he'd done another never-ending story and if you look at his career he directed so many different films yeah that i think it was too similar yeah that makes sense that makes sense i mean what you were saying about the the sort of uh, the suit uh, the um, well, the the aliens sort of being in those sort of suits. It was uh, not in the suits, but um, the humans being playing aliens in yeah. those suits was was it was just lovely, and it just like it just thought why go extra sci-fi on that? You know, yeah. it's just and 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 what you were saying about the uh, from the child's perspective, it's like if if the child was if if uh, Ben was telling the story. Then that's how he would have seen what he saw. He, he would have seen the, the, the oh, these big beings and yeah. they had all that, and it's, it's it's the child like view of it. Yeah, and I, I just love the the coming of age aspect of um, of the whole thing, really. And, and so about the, the child's point of view, there's very few adults in it, and the adults you do see are very just they're the parents, they're the teachers. Mm. Um, it's I, I think I've only seen like, the first few seasons of it, but stranger things is very like that it is or it is very like that um yeah and it almost like with this more so like the adults are almost like you know when you see an adult in charlie brown i know you just hear like a a weird sort of yeah it's, it's they're just there they, they're just there because they need need to put it in the real world yes so there are adults but there's no there's no need for them they're, they're, and and the ch the children don't really relate to the adults that's that's the yeah. thing i mean you've got james was it james cromwell who, who played one of the yeah he was the dads. dads yeah 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 and they it's kind of they intentionally made their their accent i know that you know they were supposed to be uh well, I, well, I can't remember whether they were norwegian or, or swedish um i have to rewatch yeah. it but the idea is that they were they were alien they were aliens to them yeah, yeah and it was like they identified more with the actual aliens than yeah, the yeah. actual their own parents and they couldn't relate to their parents so i think all of those messages would probably if they had more time would probably have come across yeah, yeah well um nothing dante said the original first put together cut of it was three and a quarter hours um which 
I feel the, the film was perfectly long enough. Yeah. But it w the editing wasn't right. I think it's because of the editing. I think we wouldn't have wanted the way it's edited now to be three and a half hours. But if it was done in a particular way, it probably would have been okay. I mean, in yeah. in, 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 in modern day one, it would have been a three part episode. Or, you know, yeah, it would have been a mini series. It would have been a mini series. Yeah. Um, um, but nothing with the with the aliens. The the male alien um, was Robert Picardo, who was in. Uh, well, he's in a few other Dante films. He's in Inner Space. He's the cowboy in Inner Space. Oh, yeah. oh, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, I thought I recognised his voice. Yeah, and he's in um, Matinee as well. Um, Star Trek. He's, he's in a lot of the Star Trek yes, series. Yes, he plays uh, the Doctor. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But apparently, yeah. he was also you know a scene I really liked when they're first flying when it's a spaceship. Yeah. By the drive-in, and there's a really cheesy sci-fi film on called Star Killer. Yeah, uh, which no, is, was that real? No, because it was him played Starkiller as well. Oh. And what that was was they were spoofing the sort of Italian rip-offs of Star Wars what were out at the same time. So they'd basically copied some scenes from these other films and made them a bit naffer for the sake of comedy. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, it was called Starkiller, and that was what Skywalker's surname was meant to be in the film originally. But they oh. changed it for obvious reasons, I think, because Starkiller sounds like a villain. Um, <laughs> yeah. But up until pretty much shooting that was it was going to be luke starkiller wow i did not know that yeah that's, that's a, yeah there's a lot of yeah uh, nerdy research gone in there uh, but i like little things like that i like the nods to other other things mm. which you know like star wars then would only have just sort of finished you know um, mm. empire came out uh, sorry um the uh, return of the jedi was 82 wasn't it yeah so it wasn't that long after it no, wasn't like now yeah. it wasn't this there would still be this this echo of of the yeah yeah um and I like that. It's like if you watch, is it Poltergeist, the Spielberg one? There's all um, Spielberg produced Poltergeist. Mm. I'm sure like the kids have all got like Star Wars duvets on, and because yeah. all these directors knew each other, they were all kind of they. Yeah. They um, Spielberg and Dante worked together again a year later on the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. Um, which is kind of forgotten now because of the tragedy yeah. behind it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's it's almost like this little world of um, in. I love the opening sequence, which we've touched on, but the, it's Jerry Goldsmith's music, which if you're not going to get jo mm. um, John Williams, he's is uh, as good, I think, in many ways. He done the music to Gremlins, Star Trek. There's all these little connections um, where you can see where the influences come from. Mm. But the way it starts, it opens over the the town and it goes into the that's more or less a, a sci-fi version of how say Poltergeist starts. How mm. I believe ET. It's a bit like that to start. Yeah. Um, as soon as as soon as it started, it did it did say Paramount when I expected it to be the little ET flying over logo. <laughs> um, but straight away I was like, right, I'm in one of these films. Boom. Mm. Um, another one that's been compared to, um, which is also Spielberg, produces The Goonies. Um, may, I reckon that's because there's a group of kids. Yeah, I've heard yeah. people call this The Goonies in Space. Um, I thought the kids in there, Goonies, great cast, but there's a lot of kids in that. There's about, what, four or five of mm. them. In this, there's three main ones, and they're not all shown each other. It's not as chaotic. It's easier to watch. Mm. Um, and I felt, thought the three kids were great. Um, one of them, sort of his career sort of disappeared. Um, I can't think of the name of the character. He he came into yeah. That was the new friend. He played uh, uh, Darren, but I uh, yeah Darren. Um, who he was in Gremlins too. I know that. Um, but he his career sort of faded out. The last thing he done was in nineteen ninety seven. I um Jason Preston. His name is, but Jason Preston. He had twenty credits though, but yeah, he stopped acting. Oh. Um, mainly TV stuff. And the the girl in it. Um, is it Laurie? The, the love interest. The love interest, yeah. yeah who yeah. sort of became part of the, the group right at yes. the very end, and she, she had a dream to come and get them. That kind of led into a sequel, in my opinion. Yeah, it, but, um, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. they. Um, played by Amanda Patterson, who she actually died in 2015. I think it was drug related. Right. I remember it happening um, because she she was in the movie uh, Can't Buy Me Love, like a teen comedy, which was pretty big in '87. Um, one I hadn't seen to till literally a few years ago. Um, yeah, so what, if you if you was to look that film up, you'd recognise the poster, the imagery. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of a John Hughes esque romantic comedy, hmm. um, which was good. And she that film done pretty well, especially in America. And then I think 
addictions and stuff took over and yeah. tragically Tragic. if you look at the, the four main kids there's only two of them still mm. with us um yeah we don't have to go on to into what happened to river phoenix but as young as he is in this he only died what eight years later it's hard to believe isn't it i mean yeah. he did so much in in that time um, yeah and this this character he played at first i found him a little annoying then i warmed to him you know what i mean he's supposed to be he's that nerd <coughs> i think it um, was I, yeah i think there was the right ingredients i think yeah. you were supposed to be like oh no here we go the yeah. geekiness you know yeah. and, and but actually and, and that was another thing that i just sort of leading on to something else now it's just that the ac not accuracy but the um the relevance of the science that they, they mentioned like he when, when they were being pulled into space and then he he decided right i'm gonna let gravity do the job so he turned off the uh the uh the sphere and then it plummeted to the ground and then he turned it back on but bigger and he said i've managed to get more oxygen by making it bigger and it's like you get it you get I actually yeah. get the science here it, it's yeah. not just a case of like uh uh you know just just turning it on again you've actually said it's it's, it's bigger so i've given us more oxygen so we can travel so there's that, that discovery that they're, yeah. they're doing um but yeah I, I ended up really liking liking him but he didn't have much to do at the end that, no. he was enjoying him. himself when they um sort of befriended the aliens oh right? yeah he, he was he, getting on well with he, her he yeah. That, yeah. yeah um this is a thing i will do this now just what i think um because this film's appro approaching 40 years old still yeah. a used certificate is there anything in it that you don't think they'd do nowadays um you got to think because there's there's one little thing I can mention. What, what do um, you think? The um, when they're first in the sphere, um, they decide to be sort of peeping toms to the girl. It's all I think it's all perfectly innocent. It's all kind of, but there is that looking through the uh, window at her, yeah, and, and jokes about is she getting undressed. The same the same thing happens yeah. in the movie Monster Squad, which was kind of yeah, but that is a fifteen that one then. I don't know what PG thirteen in America. I'm guessing. I just don't think you'd do that now. No, and there's another thing as well. Here, um, uh, Darren came came along with bottles of beer. I know they weren't Does actually it, drinking them, oh, but did he, he turned up with these bottles of beer and said, "Oh yeah, my dad says these are really nice." So like, he, oh, did he? I didn't pick up on that. They did. Yeah, <laughs> they had these bottles of beer. They. In all fairness, they didn't actually drink them on screen. They they just kind of attended, yeah. and then he tried to say, "I christen this the I can't remember the name of the spaceship that they oh, did, yeah, that cool, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he went to smack it, and it wouldn't smash, and it was like quite funny that he yeah, yeah. Smash it. I, yeah, I, but they were bottles of beer. Yeah, beer. Um, but you oh, you wouldn't get that. Yeah. I don't, no, certainly not for that. I mean, nah. you wouldn't get that in Stranger Things. You know, you wouldn't yeah. get that kind of um, re um, reference yeah. to a an alcoholic beverage for an underage yeah, exactly. um, yeah, yeah. program but, that, but that's okay but it's it, it that's just a sign of the times yeah. i mean it's um yeah i mean and also i do, I do think now that just because of the way of the world now you'd have probably had in the initial three characters a, a female would have gone with them yes but but, but not saying you couldn't do it like that now it's just you probably wouldn't and yeah. it's a very, it's also a very white film and that's that's another thing i mean that that we, we can't criticize that that's that's the way oh yeah yeah, the film yeah, is. yeah. and it, and we, we we can accept and that. possibly you wouldn't have the um the parents with the very strong accents no um no. if you did it they'd have been played by we'll say they were norwegian they'd been played by norwegian actors yes yeah. uh, but this is all things that it's nothing nasty in it. It's no. nothing. It's just how things were then. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I would strongly say this film, yeah, it should be a use certificate. You mm. wouldn't even have to slap one of them warnings on it because it's just a couple of little things that I don't. No one would watch that now and go, well, "That's disgraceful." No, exactly. You know? um, whereas even in, um, I, I bought the the recent Blu-ray re-release of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Still a PG. Um, but there's a little warning on the beginning of it because they don't want to change the certificate and there's a, a um, homophobic slur they use a few times in it. Yeah, they have um, to do that, yeah. Which um, I think is better than putting it up to a 12. You know? Yeah, don't <laughs> don't change history. Oh, yeah. I say that, don't change history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't, change, don't change the film yeah, just to suit the demands. Now, at least say at the beginning, this exactly. is subject to the yeah. period of time that it was made, you know, yeah. and that's a much better way of doing it. The best one is i watched on disney plus so i don't think i've ever seen it the leslie nielsen mr magoo film oh, i haven't right? seen that so there's a, like a warning at the beginning because obviously the joke is he 
can't see very well, so it's kind of getting it visually impaired. Yeah. And then there's another warning at the end because it's from a fictional country, but they basically dress Jennifer Garner up to look Asian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this PG kids film made only about twenty years ago is just so wrong now. It's, and um, there should have been yeah. another warning on it because it's not very funny. Yeah. Just in general, not a very funny film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I, I do always mention this in these films because yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you know, not long off forty years old. Next mm. two years' time, it'll be a forty-year-old film, and I think it's aged well. I, I do think it's aged well, and the scenes when I watched it again for the first time um, the other day uh, for a long time, it was exactly as I remembered. It was exactly as I remembered, and even and I actually thought I bet those effects are going to be really rubbish, but it wasn't over. It wasn't trying to be overcooked anyway. It was just an overlay, you yeah. know, and like the way the bubble appeared or the sphere, as they called it, and I believed that it was there. And they were actually looking at, you know, it was yeah. very. I thought it was very, very well done like that. And yeah, um, there's and the, the the sort of practical effects of when it lands, and they've obviously done, done like a little explosion to yeah. make it look. It's fine. You know how they do it, but it yeah. looks good. Show that to a ten-year-old now, and they wouldn't criticize the effects no um there's a bit when they're watching the film in the cinema as well there's the bit what did make me laugh is the 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 date dating couple one of them points go ah oh, that looks so fake looks so but fake, it was yeah. the real ship yeah um, yeah and I, I, that's what made me think then will people be looking at this go oh it looks fake i don't think so um i didn't think it did i i mean it's it, it's just as realistic as as any of the others i mean any of the others at the time it's um i mean it had to be said 25 million budget that's a fair budget, you know. Um, I, d I don't know what the likes of Back to the Future would have had, but it didn't have as much as that. I don't think initially. It may have done. Yeah, I mean, mm. with this as well, it was the first movie free from Hawker and River Phoenix, mm. a child actors as well. So I imagine shooting might have been hard because of the hours doing it, but they wouldn't have had to pay them that much. There was mm. no. There was no big lead in this. There was no Tom Cruise, mm. you know. There was no star. No, I, I mean, um, I'm a huge fan of Ethan Hawke. I, I like a lot of his films. Um, he's, he's starred in a lot of uh, Richard Linklater films, which I love. Yeah. Um, I, as a, as a, an adult um, uh, actor, I, I, I love his films, and I just think he he started so well, in that, and and he just continued it. I thought yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I was talking about someone about him the other day. It's like he started in this. Then he's sort of done the sort of early 90s, almost teeny films. Yes. Um, I remember him Reality Bites. The, yes, yeah, yeah. he was with um, uh, Winona Ryder, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, which was directed by Ben Stiller, interestingly enough. Which is I know he was in it, wasn't he? So, yeah. so he was... Must, okay, yeah. yeah. I um, know but that. I know through the Link Laker stuff before Sunrise and things like that, and he's always, he still kind of works with him... Um, more recently, I mean, it's probably ten years old now, but he done Boyhood. Which oh yeah, I saw Boyhood. Yeah, over years. they actually did that over like thirty years or something, something like that. Didn't yeah, they? really yeah. interesting, really good film. It I is, thought. Yeah. Um, and then now he's having a sort of another comeback. Not that he ever went anywhere, but he's been in um, a few horror films. He's become this horror icon. He's done Sinister. Yeah. Which was a big hit. And last year, probably my favourite film of last year, if I'm honest, uh, The Black Phone. Which I don't Ooh, know if you've seen. I've that. not seen that one. Um, I'll have to see. It's that. it's really good. Um, just come out on Blu-ray. Not that the um, anyone who can listen to this. I've got there. There's a cover for you. Um, I bought it because I really liked it. And his his name is. A, it's good to see his name mm. above a title, which you know he's more known mm. as a character actor now. Um, but if you're into horror, check out Black Phone. I really liked it. It got a big cinema release, and I reckon I predict there'll be another one. Um, and it, that's set in the seventies. He's the villain in it. Um, yeah, really cool. he was also in that. Um, uh, uh, no, I want to watch this. He was. He was also in that. What was the? Uh, oh my goodness! I have to rely on the old grey matter. The um, uh, the one about election. That, um, oh, well, um, the the purge wasn't it? The purge. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, he was in yeah, the purge. Yeah, he was in the first purge. one of them, and. Um, I thought that was next, and that was excellent. that was probably before Sinister. I think it so. I knew was, there was yeah. another sort of horror-ish, like yeah. because that that's sort of an invasion, horror, yeah. Inv yeah. So he, I'd class it as a horror, but there's three different ones he's done there, and I mean he he's got to be well, that film's nearly forty. He's fifty-two, I think. Around fifty, yeah. I guess that nineteen seventy, I believe he was. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you know he's 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 doing it all, and still to. 
I know he's still yeah. delivering. Yeah. And uh, uh, Predestination's another one that I, I absolutely love. I, I love time travel sort of yeah. uh, stuff anyway. But that one, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the the sort of infinite loop sort of uh, time travel. But anyway, we could do another time. But yeah, he's got done some fantastic films. Yeah. And seeing him in that kind of makes me think, oh, there he is. There's yeah. the guy. You know that. Um, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to nice to sort of see him. Yeah, done that. It, it, yeah, and you, you've got that. Basically, if you look, I hate to say it, but if you look at the the leads in this, all the where a child actor can go, mm. one's gone on to be a pretty big star, mm. still working. One we've unfortunately lost, mm. and the other one, um, so two we've lost. Mm. When you think about it, and the other one acted for a bit, looks like decided to do something else. Yeah. Well, wasn't it similar to the guy who did uh, Flight of the Navigator? He, he, I don't know what, what he um, he acted for a bit, and he got himself in some trouble because he got arrested for bank robbery or something. Oh, okay. Um, but two years ago, I met him at Comic Con, <laughs> and he was the nicest bloke. Yeah. And he genuinely, when you I don't know if you've been to any of these things, um, uh, no. Uh, and really. some actors you can tell were just there for money. Um, which I'm guessing he would have been, but he loved it. He was spending time with everybody, That's talking cool. about everything. There was a big queue for him, which was good to see. He had a little model of little alien thing for it, and at these at most comic cons, you pay for your autograph and a little chat, and then if you want a picture, you pay and get a proper one done. He was just posing with everyone, selfies, uh, enjoying cool, himself. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, maybe he hit on hard times, realised. You know what? I can actually make a living out of this. I don't, you know, and it, to enjoy talking about it for thirty-four years later, mm. some some actors probably just get annoyed. It's like, what's his name? Is it? I keep something. Alan I Dale, who I was in remember. Neighbours, who went on to Hollywood and is in several films, made them remove Neighbours from like his um, Wikipedia or something because he was sick of people asking about it. You <laughs> like, did it twenty years, mate. It made your career. <laughs> Stop it, you know. Um, I say you can't change history. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. You know, I sometimes feel for these child actors. I mean, if you look at Wayne Macaulay Culkin's career's gone, mm. he seems to have come out of it okay, but he must find it hard to work now. But he's managed to make a career out of being in Home Alone. Well, he's actually been doing the sort of yeah. Just to touch on him for a minute, I mean, he's 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 done some stuff. With, he was in um, uh, American Horror Story, and he actually played a really good um, character in that. So he he's choosing roles that he can do. I know he's not really a mainstream, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's always, the door is always always open if they wanted yeah. to sort of come. Back, and the but. the lad from. Sixth Sense and AI is having a bit of a comeback as well. Yeah, he, yeah. What did I see him in? Um, well, he was in this series on uh, Netflix, I think, but I can't remember. I, I saw him have a. I think it was What We Do in the Shadows. He was in. Uh, right. So that might be wrong, um, but he, do, he does pop up because he's, he's quite a big guy now. Um, he is. Yeah, not as in taller. Cause <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, but he he can act, and yeah, you know, um, it's it's so difficult. I mean, for for these young stars to pave a career after it. Some do it, some don't. Ethan Hawke seems seems to. I can't think of a better example of no, a child star who's it. gone on to. It might have actually helped him that at the time Explorers didn't do that well. So it wasn't to, to drive in to move forward rather yeah. than yeah be such a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess um, just generally that the, the film will always be like something that I will sort of just come back to. Certainly that the the discovery of this sphere, you know, with the um, that they. They they uh, sort of develop and then are able to to travel around within this sphere. I think it's a fascinating concept. And uh, but one other thing, I don't know. I I I remember the spaceship that they put together looking exactly like a dog's head. And for some reason, when I watched it the other day, it didn't actually look like a dog's head. I was like, what? Yeah. And then uh, it changed that. I actually thought there was two eyes, well, the, the, there was a... I, I, yeah, I, I didn't pick it, but the, um, I was reading there was like a different cut of it. But I think the cut... Did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Yes. Yeah, because I think the, the cut on Amazon Prime is the one you'd have seen as a kid. Yeah. Um, the only difference... in the, the alien, what appears right at the end, in the original cinema cut, made a joke about being in the cinema. The alien comes during the credits, and they obviously took that out because you're not in the cinema. Yeah, the yeah. same thing happened in 
Yeah, Gremlins 2, I believe. Was it Gremlins 2? They had Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they cut that out. I've never seen that scene. Oh, right, yes, I, I think it's it. on the Blu-ray. That it, it yeah. Is, yeah. Um, but uh, if you are listening, I often say how you can get hold of the film. It, we both, um, I end up buying it, not renting it on Prime, because I knew I'd want to watch it again. I, I actually bought it in the end, yeah. yeah. And it's not expensive. It's, it's about just, six quid. It's about six quid, but yeah. that's fine. That's it hasn't currently got a DVD or Blu-ray release, but I think it's the sort of film that a company like Arrow will probably pick it up and there'll be a special edition. I think so. Um, Dante was still looking for some of the footage that he was until recently looking to the footage to uh, to use for but something, I, but I'd be interested in in the backstory. You know the extras that you get yeah. on other, all of those DVDs and stuff. Yeah. The the what he what his vision would have been at that time in his career and yeah. what you could have done and the fact that he had to cut it short. And, uh, I thought that, I think the idea is such a fascinating concept, not necessarily ultimately original, but very good for the for what he's addressing at the time. And I I would love to. To just yeah. to see him be interviewed and just sort of say, yeah, what I was wanting to do with that was this, this. That would and be that. It's that sort of film that. I mean, he, he the movie done in '94, Matinee, which didn't do very well either. There's a special edition of that where there's all this. There's what happened, where it went wrong. Um, so with, with this movie, I, I can see it happening one day. Yeah. Um, and especially as there'll always be interest in it because of the cast. Yeah. You know, River Phoenix is this iconic. You know, he's the Kurt Cobain of movies in a way. Yes. Um, and then Ethan Hawke, who isn't your, your Tom Cruise or, you know, um, but he's a great character actor who's got a big fan base. Yeah. You know, um, so I think it will happen and, and it should. Um, there's, you know, when this came out, so, um, it must have been pushed on from the director of Gremlins. Mm. It must have been. Um and that would have been a brilliant selling point. Mm. So, and that's probably they got him in for for his name mm. and to add all those. But then it, uh, there must be a reason they rushed it out. It's, it's got to be. I don't know what what came out the Christmas of, after that. Yeah, but it's. Um, I, I think it's um, the unpredictable sort of uh, schedules of releases and competition at the time. Maybe I, I don't yeah. know. I can only guess. But yeah. uh, it's a shame that that had to be the case. But surely that's not really much different from what happens now you know something yeah, yeah. happens and what you find these days as well is that when an idea comes comes to light for a film there's usually something of the same style that yeah. comes out but one of them does well and one of them doesn't yeah. i mean uh -huh. like uh, the year that uh, the matrix came out you also had 13th floor and yeah. the 13th floor is actually an amazing book um, uh, I can't remember the the author, but it's um, a counterfeit world. Fantastic, and Thirteenth Floor is an amazing film, but it just got completely overshadowed by the magnificence of the Matrix. And sometimes that happens. Maybe yeah. they were trying to avoid something like that because they realised we're in a uh, you know mid mid eighties. There's a rise in this interest of teen science fiction exploration. Uh, yeah. Films that might have been the case. I, who knows? I can only guess. Yeah, yeah. I always think of like um, Deep Impact, Armageddon. You exactly. Super, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Titanic. There was another Titanic that came out at the same time as, yeah. as well. And when um, '91, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, there was another Robin Hood. Yes, the there was. Time. Yeah. And uh, there yeah. was free in production at that point, apparently. And they, wow. And um, according to the the extras on Prince of Thieves, um, Kevin Costner was literally got to pick which one he wanted to be in because he wanted to play Robin Hood he was his big name mm. uh, I think he chose oh, I think he done well <laughs> yeah I mean I love that film yeah. I, that's that's for me that's classic yeah. Yeah, so. so um right well, we've been talking for 45 minutes oh we've gone so, over so, so many you, things um, um what, I, what I'll ask you now is what would you give this out of five when you were 11 and you first watched it and then what would you give it out of five now also, when I was eleven, I it, because I was still in the aftermath of having seen uh, the likes of uh, like the Navigator, it probably would have been sort of six and a half, um, and then Flight Navigator eight. But I'm not not to compare that. Wow, five. I think, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, no, yeah. I would say um, it, for the fact that it stood the test of time, it's a yeah. good seven. It's a good. Uh, I think you're, you're rating out of ten then. Yeah, yeah, out of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, out of twenty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very good at this rating thing. I mean, it depends on your mood, really. But yeah. uh, I, I would say that it's, uh, and it's having watched it again. I thought, oh God, what am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. It is not going to be the same. And it was exactly 
as I remember it being. That's good. And that, for me, if, if it's timeless like that, then it's yeah. a good job, right? Yeah. So, and could you recommend another two or three movies from your youth that you reckon people would like, but maybe aren't the ones that they're not your go-tos, like, say, Back to the Future or Star Wars? Oh, on the spot now. I can't think of any that kind of really jump out. I mean, I remember there was um, uh, Daryl that came out in a similar time. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't too drawn with Daryl. I didn't really identify with that. was that. one I liked a lot more when I watched it as an adult than I did as a kid. This is what I mean, because there's that... I think certainly as the, in the 80s, we didn't really understand the the AI sort of side of things. So um, I can't really think of any right now, but I'm probably kick myself after this <laughs> and go, oh, yeah, there's that you one. Can, you can comment once I post. <laughs> I'll comment once you post and then uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a look then. But yeah. uh, no, I can't really at this yeah. moment. But Cool. Well, um, I'll just say, cause I'll, I'll give it a... a, a I'll write out five because it's simpler. Um, for, for something I've never seen, and it was aimed at kids, yes, um, I'd give it a three and a half right. out of five now. But for me, if I'd have seen this when I was young, it'd probably have been a five star because mm. it is that it's got everything. And if you go into it, a kid doesn't care what the reviews are. They don't care if it's ripped off something else or borrowed for something else. They go for in for it for enjoyment. Um, and if you've if anyone's listened to the, the earlier podcast we've done, a film I always refer to, and I speak to so many people who watched this film as a kid, but it bombed and considered one of the worst films ever is Howard the Duck. Like an eight-year-old loves that film, yeah. Um, especially back then, they didn't understand how the film didn't work and how certain things were so unoriginal or just too stupid for the average critic or film goer. They they liked the hour and a half of fun. Mm. And that's why I'd have, I know I'd have loved this as a kid. Yeah, but I still liked it a lot as an adult. Yeah, so, when yeah. you can consider what it was, would have been or might. Have been oh yeah, I mean, it, young, it? if it if this so if this film had hadn't had all the mistake, you know, hadn't been rushed, maybe um, if the studio cared a bit more, it would be talked about in the way the just just looking around. I, I don't want to keep referring to. Um, it, it be remembered in a way that maybe the Goonies is. Yeah, but or, I think also just just to sort of uh, sort of sort of wrap it up. I think the uh, now that you've got things like Stranger Things, you could watch uh, a t uh, like a version of of that of, of uh, Explorers in that sort of like that sort of acceptance of that genre. Now I think that I think yeah I think it's um, I think it needs more recognition. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and uh, give it a go. If you've got Amazon Prime, you can rent or buy it. Um, there will be second-hand copies of DVDs about another week to find one. No, I couldn't find <laughs> any, but we did but look. There will be. We can find them at a price, but it, I, I, it's a Paramount film. It might even be on Paramount Plus now. You know, it might be on Paramount Plus. I don't be, yeah. have that. I, I checked all the other main. Yeah, main I haven't ones, got that. But so, uh, but it's out there. You can you can get hold of it, and uh, if you've got kids. Shout out to be really interested. Great to, Saturday afternoon film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks thanks very much, Ian, for, for joining me. It's, it's been good. Hopefully we can do another one sometime. Oh, I would love to. It, I'd it, love to. I hope that was informative. Yeah, it flew by. Yeah. Um, anyone listening, if you um, have thoughts on this movie, uh, comment on the Instagram or Facebook. Um, I, I'm going to try this one. I think you can actually comment straight through Spotify now. I think there's a way you can ask a question, which usually be people criticising but do it fine uh, but anything you want to ask any comments on the film and of course if there's any films you want to recommend if I haven't seen it I'll give it a go and we can come and have a chat about it I've got some planned also um, if you're not aware I've been working on the King Street Cinema podcast as well for the great local cinema independent cinema in Ipswich give that a go there'll be an episode up towards the beginning of every month usually focusing on our old movies so you might like that as well Thanks very much. Uh, please uh, rate the show and share if you liked it. Thank you very much.